the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. <laughs> Welcome to hour two of tonight, the Andrea K Show. Wait till y'all hear this first story. <laughs> we have for you tonight. We're going to have some fun in the second hour. We're rolling into Friday. We got to talk about all the crazy stuff that's happening around the world. And this first story I have, let me just tell you, give you a little tease. The nickname for this dude is the Energizer Dummy. <laughs> we also have another crazy story about airline travel. Because it's gotten to where I don't even want, I used to love to fly because I always had great experiences flying. And now it's like, I'm scared to get on a plane. So we've got a latest airplane crazy story to share uh, with you guys and uh, so much more. So glad to have you with us for this hour. Uh, we did talk about Fannie Willis last hour. I don't think there's any left, more left that needs to be said about that Hank. And uh, hopefully she's going to get hoisted on her on her fanny. Hopefully it's going to come down as soon as tomorrow. Um, download the podcast wherever you get your pods. Email me at andreacasia.com. I read some emails last hour. I may read a few more. Um, speaking of emails, by the way, I think it was last night. I couldn't remember the name of the gymnast. I was talking about the FBI not doing investigations and, and ignoring sexual assault allegations, including U.S. female gymnast. So my girl Sandy emailed me. It was Simone Biles. I don't know why I couldn't remember her name. I'm just such a fan of hers. Uh, but anyway, you guys are absolutely the best. I love you all so much. Um, I'm still in need this hour of a nominee for Hero of the Week. Um, so I would love to hear you guys' ideas on that. A guy who I might nominee... Uh, my first story might be a nominee for here of the week, just for making me giggle. We're going to get into that in a moment. Um, but before we do, I got to bring in this man. He often makes me giggle every night of the week. It is DJ Sesame Broccolini. Thirsty, thirsty, thirsty. That made me giggle. Yeah, that, that I had no idea what, what that was going to be. So I'm glad that yes. worked out. Very good. Um, yeah. Speaking of Thursday, Thursday, I'm not sure if this qualifies for being Thursday because there's so many different connotations for the word. Um, but Thursday is evidently somebody that's like thirsty for sexual pleasure. Is that one of the... the that is meanings? indeed one of the connotations. Mm -hmm. That is indeed one of the connotations. Okay. Well, let me tell y'all about a 73-year-old Australian man. He um, found out, that he was surprised evidently to find out that he needed urgent urethra surgery after he had been jamming uh, three button-style batteries into his hoo-ha, his male part. 
the un- un- unidentified man. This is why he's called the energizer dummy. <laughs> the unidentified man is now the source of this is a this is according to the New York Post. So this is like this isn't coming to y'all from some crazy out of out of there, you know, Reddit unidentified source. Uh, th- he's actually in a medical uh, article in March's urology case reports. Okay. Uh, so this is like a legit story. He has been fueling his own quote, sexual gratification by intentionally shoving batteries into the one way tunnel, as they call it in the article. <laughs> uh, the authors of this case report said, quote, to the best of our understanding, this is the first reported case of urethral necrosis with button battery insertion. Um, He has reportedly, the 73-year-old dude has reportedly inserted batteries several times before without getting them stuck inside. I don't know a whole lot about the, the, this one-way tunnel. I, I, I mean, I don't know how, how you shove them in. I guess he was able to get them out. I mean, did he have them attached to a string and he was able to pull them out? I mean, I don't know how that was working. He also has endured shockwave therapy on his part. Um, evidently, he has suffered erectile dysfunction for three years and was desperate to get something going down there. Um, he uh, it waited 24 hours to go and get some help. Can't blame him for that. Who wants to go in and go, hey, you know, I shoved some things down in myself and I can't get them out. <laughs> Maybe they'll make a commercial for it. Remember the lady, I've fallen and I can't get up. Maybe it'll be like, I've shoved things in me and I can't do anything about it. Can you come help me? (laughs) Commercial. (laughs) Now they're scared. And, but, but what's happened is he started getting necrosis, which is the, the skin dying off. And I guess they also, the doctors also feared there might be, uh, you know, gangrene might set in. Um, and this oh. dude definitely didn't want to lose his part. I mean, he was so desperate to get something going down there. He was willing to do this to himself. All extracted batteries were coated with black tar-like material. Uh, that wasn't the end of it. Ten days later, the man returned to the hospital complaining of swelling and icky discharge. They had to aggressively uh, um, uh, operate again. And uh, things were bad. You can actually see images of uh, from an internal um, scan they did or whatever. They, they went in with some kind of camera, evidently. And you can see uh, he had an extensive degree of necrosis. And so he part of his urethra had to be removed. Get, quote, given the complexity of his injury... It was deemed that formal urethral reconstruction would likely require a three-stage repair, a six-month procedure of mucous membrane grafts. After assessing the extremely damaged uh, part, ultimately doctors decided that the best option would be no further uh, reconstruction. So dude did permanent damage to himself all for a few moments of fun using batteries. So, I mean, sesame broccolini, I mean, you know, may I, I, I mean, of you're of the male variety. Um, have you heard of anything like this before? 
I have and not. And you don't have to use names. You don't have to use names. You can go anonymous <laughs> if you know any dudes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. I don't even know what was going on inside of this guy's mind. I mean, this is this is just this is just absurd. I hope I do sincerely hope that those few moments when things were not going haywire, I hope they were glorious for him. <laughs> I do. Um but aside from that, no, this is this is one of the weirdest things I've ever heard. That that is for yeah, sure. This and is just, just this by is association, sad. just hearing it is is physically painful. And you know what? In 73, 73, I mean, can you not I mean, I would imagine <laughs> at that point that you'd be like, you know what? Let me let me sit down with a good movie and for me, you know, a slice of cake, okay? Because I'm not an ice cream eater. <laughs> you know, I mean have some king cake. It's Mardi Gras. Just, Have just... some king cake, man. Order order the dong fong, okay? <laughs> That's the solution. <laughs> <laughs> Shove some dong fong king cake in your mouth, okay? <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> it's, it's a high like none other, man. That's the solution. Okay. But, it, and if you live in New York, uh, you know, the, the, New York has now been, speaking of food as being like some of the greatest satisfaction ever, I love pizza. Friday, and maybe from the South, I did, we didn't really go grow up eating like uh, we never ordered pizza delivery ever once in my entire life growing up. Really? Um, we didn't really have that happening. Uh, too much. I mean, you know, for us, really, pizza was just like we ate the Stouffer's. Um, we ate the stove. We ate Pizza Hut pizza, and we ate the Stouffer's. And we would go to the Pizza Hut, by the way, and sit there as a family. This was like a thing growing up for us. Uh, it, there was um, Shakey's Pizza and Pizza Hut, and we'd go there and, and eat us some pan pizza. Right, that was our thing growing up. That, and then at home. We ate the Stouffer's um, French bread pizza. Did, you, you've eaten the – everybody's eaten Oh, 100%. French I mean, Stouffer's is – yes. their French bread pizza is one of the best things they make. Maybe it is the right. best thing Absolutely that they make. Absolutely amazing. Right. It wasn't until I got into adulthood that I discovered like New York style thin crust pizza, which I absolutely love. I don't understand Chicago style pizza where they don't have cheese up top. It's on the bottom. I don't know. And I don't like really thick crust unless it's the fried pan pizza. Chicago basically gives you a giant piece of cheese that weighs like three pounds. Like it's almost like a lasagna. It's like several pounds. And then they top it with all their like Chicago pizza is just crazy to me. It's weird. Yeah. It's bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. I love New York style pizza, but evidently I'm never going to be able to afford to eat it again. And if, and if you're in need of pleasure and you don't want to go the battery route, if you live in New York, you may not be able to get satisfaction with pizza because New York city is named the priciest pizza city in the nation. An average pie cost $33 and 65. Really? Yeah. Wow. Last hour we were talking about, Barbara Lee and her crazy $50 an hour minimum mm-hmm. wage. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at the inflation cost, it, there's so many different factors. It's not just supply chain. It's not just the energy prices that are out of control. It also, the number one cost of any enterprise is their labor. It's their labor. It's not just the ingredients and cost going out of control. It's the labor. And the more that they jack 
uh, businesses with labor cost and regulations from what you've got to what you've got to pay them and the insurance you've got to provide for them and how many hours you've got to pay them and this and this and this, you know, it just it, it, it jacks up the price of everything. And it will get to the point to where um, you know, people are not, you know, uh, Selwyn Duke was talking about what will end up happening is either, you know, at some point they raise the prices and then at some point the business is shut down because there's only so much people are going to pay for a pizza. And when people can't afford rent, they're not going to go out for, you know, uh, a, a cheese pizza that costs $33 before you even put a slice of pepperoni on it. And it's probably, and when you've got a family of four, you probably need two large pizzas, right? Well, yeah, 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 you do. And here's the thing that I actually worry about sort of on the same thread, but it goes much in a much weirder place. It's people, what I've, what I've found, at least in my own experience is some people, some segment of the population will say, well, you keep raising your prices. You keep raising your prices. At some point you do just price me out of it. I'm just going to go to the next best alternative. I'll go to the grocery store, get a frozen pie. It's not going to be nearly as good of an experience, but this is what I'm relegated to. There will be some others though that say, you know what? I'll just start slapping things on the credit card and I'll start going into debt because now we see consumer debt is through the roof. Household debt is through the roof. 60% or more of Americans living paycheck to paycheck. That's what I'm worried about is what happens when the government is 34 or $40 trillion in debt, whatever down the line. And then also your average American is thousands of dollars in debt from everything from student loans to starting a small business and borrowing money to just slapping little charges like a Target run or the grocery store where I do want to eat out, but I don't really have the money for it right now. And this magical device that I can just tap on a machine will allow me to pay for it. So it's, it's very concerning any way you slice it. That's what happens inevitably when you start raising costs in this kind of an environment where it's also very, very easy to basically borrow cash. You don't really have to therefore spend on things you don't, maybe you want or don't necessarily need. And I get it. It's hard for people, but it's just because it's it's not it's not easy. It's like these politicians either they don't see it or they don't care. But you make the well, you make the minimum care. wage fifty dollars an hour, and the inflation rate is going to be a million percent. It's going to well, we're going to go down the Venezuela route. And I'm glad you mentioned the thing about the credit card because that's another aspect. They know that Americans are are, are going deeper and deeper in debt, and they're they're pretending that it doesn't exist. One of the reasons why they're doing it and encouraging it is like the student loan debt. Then they can be the heroes to come in and bribe votes. Uh, by saying we're going to wipe away your debt that everybody ends up having to pay for in one way or another. And then on top of it, they're moving to a cashless society. So if they get people in debt, then people start becoming uh, desperate at some point and they start demanding more government assistance, right? So that's one of the reasons why one of the benefits for them to try to get us all on a digital footprint. And that's another reason why the cashless society is dangerous is because you're not as you're not paying as much attention to what you're spending if you can just slap that piece of, of you know, plastic down uh, or, you know, pay with Apple Pay. So I'm glad you brought that up. That was a good point. All right. We're going to take a little break. When we come back. I've got another why I'm scared to fly story to share with you guys. So uh, come on back. This is the Andrew K. Show on AM 1170, FM 96.1 and streaming all over the world. Thank you. 
You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea Kay on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay show. I mean, it's almost every day now where there's some kind of horror story from the skies, whether it's people, you know, having meltdowns, like that, like that 30 something year old who was screaming that there was a dead man next to her on the plane or guy wasn't real. Remember her, this Tanya person, or whether it's, you know, people peeing in the aisles and just all kinds of crazy stuff. People, you know, parts of the plane, you know, flying off because they weren't bolted down. I mean, it's just insane. Here's the latest. Oh, we had a guy that uh, died on a plane. He shouldn't, they shouldn't have taken off because they knew he was gravely ill and blood was spewing out of him everywhere. And he died on the plane. Uh, Then we find out that there was an eight hour flight, uh, uh, Delta flight to Amsterdam um, that as the passengers, you know how they say, you know, um, uh, make sure you know you got to make sure that uh, the overhead compartments or your stuff is stowed away carefully and things are shut because those overhead compartments can open up and stuff can fly around and hit you in the head. Well, what happened was uh, a, a a suitcase, a piece of carry on luggage um, opened up, and what fell on top of people's heads was maggots. It was a Delta flight from Amsterdam to Detroit. And according to this article, it was filled with some unwanted stowaways. It seems that a passenger had shoved some infested fish into their carry-on luggage. Somehow it popped open. This person tweeted out, really lovely to be two hours into an eight-hour flight um, and find out there is rotten fish and maggots hiding a ride with us, one person tweeted, but they deleted it. I don't know why they deleted it. Um, the passenger whose suitcase was responsible for the disgusting uh, fish uh, and maggots was detained. Uh, the suitcase was burned. <laughs> uh, the flight was turned around and... Um, and, and landed, uh, it says, my family and I were in the road directly in front of the maggots. The lady right behind us told the flight attendants the maggots were falling on her head. Uh, this is just a ug. One person said, I turned around and they were wiggling around in the seat. Absolutely gross. This dude literally messed up the travel situations of hundreds of people. Yeah. Another user said they had to wait an extra day for a new connecting flight on another airline. Uh, The airline passengers were given 8,000 free miles, hotel room compensation, and a $30 meal ticket. Who could eat that night, right? The Delta plane was taken out of service for deep cleaning. How does a dude, I mean, why? Why would, why? And show me the picture of this person. Why are we not seeing who this passenger was who shoved some maggot infested fish in a carry on? And how come people didn't smell it? I don't understand, Sesame. You, any thoughts on this? That is, I also do not understand that. I mean, I mean, any anytime you even, if I go out to, res, to a restaurant and eat seafood, I come home, it just smells like fish just on me. I, I don't understand that at all. Um, but I also just don't understand what's going on with all these wacky airplane stories. Truly, I don't, I don't know if thing if society's just collapsing slowly and it's starting there or what. But it's it's just 
one after another, and it really does. I don't know. At first, with the first couple, it's like those are freak accidents or whatever. But now it's getting to be so common, I really am thinking, yeah. should I fly out for holidays yeah. or should I go see my friend in a different part of the country? I Like, I really don't want to get caught up in this. I really don't. Like, it's, I don't either. It's becoming a daily thought for me where it's like I really want to avoid flying if I can. And I've never thought that before, at least not for this reason. That This is crazy. Yeah, we I I was on a flight to I told you guys a couple last time we had an airline story about two passengers having major medical issues on a flight to Cabo. Now, mm-hmm. for those of you who aren't from this area, a flight to Cabo from San Diego is about a two hour and 15 minute flight. So it's not an eight hour where you're two hours into an eight hour flight and you, the flight gets turned around and you miss all that. It wasn't that uh, what they did was they put the pedal to the metal and because it, it was about half, we were about 30 minutes into uh, the flight, 30 to 45 minutes into the flight. And what they did was they put the pedal to the metal and got us into Cabo early. And um, and then they required this guy, this passenger to go see a doctor right away. So I was glad for that. Instead of turning around and taking us back, they just pronto headed to uh, to Cabo Um so, um, so that's the only thing that I've experienced lately, but two passengers both looking like they're stroking out on the flight, um, same symptoms and all that. I don't want to go into that again, but that's, I, I want to hear from you guys. Have you been on one of these, uh, it, flights with, with anything crazy like this happening? I have to think that part of what's going on is, is, is reflecting the mental decline of, uh, of the world and the cultural decline. Um, we've gone from a society, if you Google airline travel back in like the 50s and the 60s and even the 70s, I used to see people dressed up to fly. That was like a thing. That if you flew, uh, you know, what what were you going to wear on the plane? And people, men wore suits, women wore dresses. I mean, it was something that people dressed for. Um, and now it's like, you know, people squatting and peeing on the aisle and bringing maggot infested fish and just all kinds of mental breakdowns. I mean, I laughed as much as anybody at the flight scene on, you know, um, bridesmaids, but you know, I, I just feel like, <laughs> I feel like it's part of the, did you, did you see that movie? I did. Such and that was a great scene that they really did it well, <laughs> so well with that. That was epic. <laughs> I love that movie so much. Yeah. <laughs> Kristen Wiig is hilarious. She she She's did so, so well in that. Melissa McCarthy too. The whole the whole cast, they really yeah. they knocked it out of the park. That was funny. Yeah. Yeah. Hilarious. Um, so email me if you've had some kind of crazy experience lately on on a, a plane. Or are you like uh, uh, wondering about flying? I mean, I'm going to New Orleans for a wedding next month and I'm like you know, if, if I'm going to have is, issues with somebody going crazy, it's my it's likely to be on a plane to New Orleans. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm actually curious, too, if people are just I, I don't know. I, the craziest thing I've ever heard, honestly, is a buddy of mine in college got stuck on a spirit flight cross country. And I think his layover was like 40 ended up being like 48 hours or something. He was just stuck in an airport overnight. And he had the, t- so the worst service he had with with Spirit Airlines. So I do wonder, like, what 
what's the worst instance of service? Like which airlines are better? Because I don't know if they're all equally crazy or if it's like United is worse than Delta or something. So I don't know what people are, are flying or what their craziest stories are or what their longest layover has been or whatever their mix up is. But that's happened to a few friends of mine where they think it's going to be a two hour layover and it turns into like a 12 hour layover and they have to do it the next day or something and they just stay overnight in the airport. I wonder what it costs to, and how long does it take for a bus, a, a Greyhound bus ride in New Orleans? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll just, you know, go old school and rent me a, a big comfy, you know, Barca lounger kind of car and, you know, roll down, roll, roll myself to New Orleans with Gator riding shotgun, you know, and just avoid the whole flight. We thing. could get a motorcycle, you know, I, do two sidecars, one for me, one for Gator. Yeah, there we go. You know, there's there's lots of famous people that that just never flew, right? I mean, you know, um, John Madden was famous, right? He never he didn't fly, right? He had to when he did Monday Night Football or he did games. He only went, you know, um, he would he would travel via bus or something or it, whatever on the way. So I'm I'm starting to get get to where I'm not sure I want to fly. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back. There's a, a controversial culture story that that uh, kind of didn't well kind of went viral on social media and i want to get y'all's take on that when we come back we're having a little fun talking uh, culture on tonight's andrea k show stick around andrea k Bringing the world a much-needed reality check. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. I don't know if kids do this anymore, but, it, you know, in, in, in the Gen X and even the millennial generation, um, it was like a rite of passage if you were a girl that your, you know, side gig, the occasional job would be to babysit, Right. And I did it and you weren't, you know, you knew you weren't going to get paid that much to do it because it wasn't exactly hard labor. You're sitting around watching TV, usually while somebody's kid sleeps, you know, you don't have to do much. You get paid cash under the table, you know, you get a little extra few bucks, no big deal. Um, You know, I I did it, didn't do it a whole lot because, you know, um, I really wasn't, I, I was never that girl that loved kids and wanted to hang out with kids. And I never thought it paid enough for me to give up a Friday night out with uh, with my friends or dates. But I did do it occasionally. Is this something – I don't know if it's something the guys ever really did. Um, but in your generation, did girls babysit Sesame? Oh, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Uh, it, it, okay. It, I mean, I understand why. Like you're saying, it's very flexible. It works with their schedules mm-hmm. if they're already at school or, you know, dealing with, with stuff after school, like activities and stuff. I, I don't know. I mean, I've – Obviously, I've never done it. It's not something any of my guy friends have ever done. But girls in my high school did that all the time. Same in college. Okay. It's makes I, I get it. Makes sense. Yeah. Especially right, cool. for a lot of the girls that were like going into teaching already anyway or going into guidance counseling. Yeah. It's like that was a, a natural yeah. thing to me. And that, that makes sense. Right. Well, it evidently still does happen at least occasionally um, because there's a story that's kind of gone viral. This mom um, uh, was going out for the night. And so she hired the 17 year old, a former student, I guess this mother's, yeah, the mom's a school teacher. So she hires a former student, 17 year old, 
uh, to come and babysit her two-year-old, right? Um, offers to pay her. Uh, the son was going to already be asleep when the babysitter gets there at 7.30. She'd be looking after him till 11.30. The teenager was going to get paid 75 bucks for four hours of work. I think that's fair, right? For four hours. Oh, here's where the controversy came in, Sesame. And um, it, it, the mom says, leaves her a note, leaves the babysitter a note and says, you are more than welcome to hang out and watch TV, but if you want to earn some extra cash, these are up for grabs. I think this is a great idea. So here's the list. Organizing the kitchen island would earn the student $10. Uh, cleaning the windows and mirrors in the house and sweeping and mopping the, the kitchen floor, another $10. I don't know if that's $10. Cleaning out the fridge would earn the babysitter $15. Vacuuming the couch would earn her three. In total, the babysitter could earn an extra $60. So the kid evidently put this out on social media. Evidently, the kid must have been just outraged by this. Um, one social media person put out, those are 1990 prices. Uh, uh, yeah, well, here's the note. Uh, $10 to clean glass and mirrors. And she listed out two bathroom mirrors, front and back doors, um, living room mirror, living room windows for $10. Yeah, that's too cheap for that. $3 vacuum the couch. Yeah, that's too cheap. Um, actually, she put it out there on social media and says, the note I'm leaving my babysitter tonight. Um, $10 to sweep and mop the kitchen floor. Uh, you know, depends on how big the kitchen is. As for the, uh, you know, organize the island, it depends on how much of a mess it is. Organize the toys, it depends on how much of a mess it is. Um, one person commented, $15 for the fridge, that's wild. Well, it depends on how messy the fridge is. I think the only thing I disagree with is vacuuming the couch as well as $10. That's a lot of glass and mirrors for just $10. Bucks. Um, I think it's fair. Um, you know, I, I think it's absolutely fair. Um, what do you think, Sesame? It's a little low. It's I not, think it's a little low. It's not I egregious or anything. Extra money is good. I think that, I think the amounts are low. Yeah. I think the, I think the amounts are low, but I think it's very generous to offer this. I mean, are you kidding? You're already around the house. So, it, you know, you're, you're going to be there, you're watching the kid or whatever, and you think, you know, I want to pass time. I could just watch TV and, and lose some brain cells or something, or I could do something to sort of maximize while I'm here, just do a couple of, I mean, sweeping and mopping. This is all very basic. I mean, it's not too labor intensive. It's not too stressful. I mean, I get, I, I do think it's a little, you know, underpaid. I, I do. I, and when I do my chores, yeah. And when I do my chores, I have the TV on in the background. So she could even have the TV on in the background Good while point. she's mm -hmm. doing the chores and make some extra money. Mm -hmm. 100%. So I, I think it's a very, I, I think it's a very generous thing to do. If you're going into that and there's an opportunity, they're giving you an, a chance to make even more money while you're there and just sort of like double up or trip. I mean, I think that's very nice of them, of the parents. Like that's a, that's a super generous thing to do, in my opinion. Just to even make that offer, like, hey, you want to do something just to sort of, ex you know, make a little extra cash as well? Then, you know, here's a great opportunity. I mean, that's that's really thoughtful. Yeah, I think it is, too. I do think some of the amounts are a little low. But other than that, I think it's actually a cool idea. I would have I would have appreciated that because I would have rather done that than, you know, play shoots and ladders or whatever the dopey games was with kids back in the day. <laughs> hey, kid, don't bother me. I got to be extra bucks to make here. <laughs> that, that's a that's a good game. You leave shoots and ladders out of this. <laughs> 
No, I always say I love board games. Give me a kid that wants to play board games any day of the week. That's super fun for me. Um, I liked, I loved kids. Don't get me wrong. I love kids when they got a little bit older. I was never really the baby person. Um, because for me, my nieces and nephews got really fun once they hit the toddler phase. Cause that's when they were starting to interact with me and we could have fun together and they were talking and, you know, to me two on was, was the glory years for me. Um, because I could play games with them and do things with them. So yeah, that, that, those were fun years for me. Um, so I want to know what you guys think. AndreaKshow.com. I, I, I predict that you guys are going to say to me that you like the idea. And many of you are probably even going to think that the dollar amounts were fine. In fact, I think all the dollar amounts were fine, except the glass. I think she should have said $20 to clean the glass on all the rest. I think the dollar figures were fine because you're, you're getting paid cash, getting paid under the table. You're not getting taxed on it. You're inside. You're not out in the rain, right? You know, it's not like you're, you know, you know, mowing, mowing the lawn, you know, when it's, you know, 95 degrees and 98% humidity doing some of the chores we had to do as kids. Yep. That is, uh, that is, there are worse ways to make money. And that includes one, that, that is one of, I remember I did landscaping for, for a couple of summers in high school and it would be a hundred degrees here in San Diego, anywhere from Chula Vista to Carlsbad, all over North County, all over actual San Diego proper, um, La Jolla, Carlsbad, Solana Beach, Del Mar, Rancho San, or Rancho Bernardino, or I'm sorry, Rancho Bernardo. Um, yeah, anyway, it would be 100 degrees out. would be wearing jeans and long sleeve shirts and have giant straw yeah. sun hats and I'd be pushing a mower on a one-acre property or whatever. And it oh. was just an old rickety over rocks or just digging holes around here. There's not great soil, turns out. It's just dirt and rock mostly um, because San Diego is really just a, de- a desert in many ways. Um, in the in the best ways. It's, it's, anyway, the point is, yeah, there there are worse ways and harder ways to make money. Just you know, carrying trash cans full of mulch up the side of giant hills, so you can you know plant yeah. new plants and then laying down the pipe for for irrigation to get water to them. Oh, and then- my brother did landscaping when when uh, in high school during the summers, and oh. It's, you know, it's, I, it's, I don't uh, know how you did it. yeah, it's, it's a kind of a brutal world in a lot of ways. I mean, it's, it's fun. You get to yeah. be outside and work with your hands, but, um, and you get to like see your, you know, you can, you do, you get to build cool things and work with people in cool ways and work with homeowners and stuff. And, and it teaches you work ethic. It and does. It, teaches it you, does. You know, and, and you have a sense of accomplishment mm-hmm, at the end of the mm-hmm. day, especially if you're doing something like that, which is, which is creative in a sense. It is. It um, is. Because you, you get to see something beautiful at the end of the day. But, at, you know, um, I didn't really get to see a whole lot, be- you know, beauty in, in working at Fasulo Drugs, but I had a whole lot of fun. You know, I was, a, you know, um, did all kinds of things at Fasulo's, including like uh, I was a pharmacy tech. So, yeah. And, you know, and hard work is good for kids. Hard work is good for kids. And, you know, and, you know, it, it also teaches you something. You know, one of the things when I got that job at Fasulo's and I saw how little I had left after the tax man came a knock in, it motivated me to get a college degree mm-hmm. so I could have a higher income earning potential. So there's a whole lot of good that comes about from kids having to work and for a little bit of money. Because, it, you know, what did we talk about last hour? You know, in terms of $50 for minimum wage, you, you unskilled labor, no. Unskilled labor is supposed to go for kids starting up, learning some experience, getting, you know, getting a feel for what they want to do, making a little extra bucks. They learn some work experience and then and then you go on uh, to a career 
to where, you know, you, 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 you provide, you offer some kind of skill or high level expertise, which, you know, earns a higher income. All right. We're going to take a break. We come back. We got more to talk about. I'm having a good time talking about culture. Email me your ideas for some other culture topics, some non-political topics that you, you want us to talk about, anything that's on your mind, as well as I want to hear from you guys on like Hero of the Week nominees. All right. Final segment of tonight's Andrea K. Show coming up. Andrea K, bringing the world a much needed reality check. You're listening to the Andrea K show on the Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K show. This hour isn't going to be completely political at less um, because we've got to have some fun at Nikki Haley's expense. <laughs> Now, uh, the uh, South Carolina primary, I think, is next Tuesday, uh, if if I'm correct. And um, yet I see that Nikki Haley is doing a live event trying to rally supporters in Dallas. Um, I'm not geography is not necessarily my numero uno um, uh, subject in school. But Sesame Broccolini, do Dallas citizens get to vote in the South Carolina primary? <laughs> how's that work <laughs> oh you, you know you, nikki i'm sure she has a clever way of putting it i'm sure it makes sense in her mind yeah um you know she's still out there yammering that she can you know she can beat trump it's just really um and, well, it's and a two per, it's looking, a two-person race hadn't you heard yeah <laughs> um you know, even even Drudge has an article tonight against Nikki Haley because, you know, it, and you might be like, well, Drudge is no longer conservative. No, no, they're not. And, you know, they they and the left has been wanting Nikki Haley to get over the finish line. They've been trying to help that nag make it across the finish line. And when they're coming at her tonight, uh, you know, here's the headline. Haley risk humiliation at home despite a flood of spending. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, she does risk humiliation. Uh, she's still down by over 30 points. February 24th is the primary. Um, what's your, uh, uh, I, there is an announcement today also on Drudge that, uh, that there, his criminal trial, I guess, in New York is going to begin next month. So is, it, she's got to stay, be staying in it simply thinking that Trump is going to be convicted. And once he is, that all support for him will fall away and she will step in. That's got to be that's got to be the the only play here. Your thoughts? Yeah, I, I just don't I don't see what else there could be. And I, I just I really don't understand how Nikki is even still going or how any of this is still going. It just it just amazes me. I'm astounded. Yeah, um, it, the, the case that's going forth in March is the Stormy Daniels hush money trial. So that's the one that's set to take place in March. Uh, in the Florida case, in the classified documents, that case has been delayed again. So the only chance they really have, in my opinion, of trying to get any conviction out of him is Stormy Daniels. And if that's the one that he gets convicted of, um, it, he's not going to lose any support. 
No, that would be that would be crazy. That would be ridiculous. I mean, this is the one they're all shaky, but this one might be the shakiest of them all. So if it's this one, I mean, it's it's going to make him more popular, I think. Yeah. I mean, not like it's a good thing, but it's going to that's what you see with these indictments. And I think that's exactly what you would see. I think you're going to see it with if it's any of these cases. But that one is just the shakiest, the most nonsensical hearsay, no evidence, like really just absolutely nuts. Truly nuts. And when they brought that up originally, I forget who it was that said you couldn't trust Michael Cohen at all. You like it's just it's all based on weirdly weird claims that are definitely not corroborated. So, yeah, that one would be. Yeah, it would be just wild to see that one be of all of them, the one to finally get them over the finish line. And so we finally did it. We got him. Yeah, we got him. Yeah, that's going to get Nikki Haley. That nag dragged over the finish line. No, she's so despicable to me she's so odious it's it's you know and and so i have to think tonight as i'm looking for somebody that i can put forth as as a nominee a daily somebody that's inspirational it's got to be trump because it, it you know he's waiting to hear uh on uh Ingeron, coming member on the the case that was brought before trump to try to destroy his business that he had overinflated his businesses uh, he's facing that. He's got all these other indictments, and yet he's still out there campaigning, pushing hard, getting up every day. Uh, it, what he has endured in the last nine years is absolutely unbelievable. And let me tell you, we are all next. We are all absolutely next. You look at you look at what's going on in, in our government and the ways in which. By the way, there was supposed to be a vote today on the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, the FISA Act. Um, it's, it's set to expire on April 19th, and, and there was supposed to be a vote today to renew it. That thing needs to not be reformed, not only not renewed, needs to not be reformed. It needs to be forever permanently dead. We have got to stop the surveillance state going on in this country that's meant to uh, to set the, pay, the the groundwork for us to be permanently in a state of persecution and prosecution by this government. Anybody operating from the notion that this is just about Trump doesn't understand the full picture or is denying the full picture because they're in on it like Nikki Haley. And so we don't, you don't know what it's, it, to me, the average person, I have family members that have been persecuted by the, by the government, by somebody running for office and trying to make a name for himself and decided to, you know, persecute and prosecute some family mem- members of mine in the course of making a name for himself politically. My family ended up winning, um, but it cost them a whole lot of money just to defend themselves. And let me tell you, it was hell emotionally, mentally, financially, psychologically. And that's what's in store for all of us. If we don't, if if we don't get a grip on it, Marjorie Taylor Greene came out today and said that her assessment of this threat that Mike Turner pumped up to try to push through and get support for the Ukraine aid. We talked about it last night. If you missed it, download the podcast. She said the threat is real, but the greatest threat that we face is our own government and the deep state. Whether you want to call it the surveillance state, the security industrial complex, the deep state. It, that's the greatest threat that we face. It's very real, and it's really what has to be dismantled. And they want to stop Trump because he's determined to do it next go-round. All right, tomorrow is our Friday edition of The Andrew K Show, and we will be back. If you miss any show, download the podcast. Email me at andreakshow.com. Sesame Broccolini, thank you so much. Thanks to my guest. 
and we'll see you tomorrow. Keep your head on a swivel. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.